everyone, and welcome to another episode of Looking for Love in All the Wrong Dust Jackets, a show where the three cool ladies talk to you about anything that we love in romance, whether that's books, movies, TV shows, whatever we like. My name's Liz. I'm Danny. I'm Wiggles. And today we're talking about a classic, straight at you from the 90s, grumpy old men. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, we got to warn you. That we are crass bitches. We'll swear. We'll talk about sex. All that stuff. So if you don't like it, toodaloo. Goodbye forever. Toodle. But before we talk about one of my favorite movies, I gotta know what you guys have been up to lately. What have you been doing the last week? You go, Wigs. Oh, good. I'm so ready. <laughs> I like had this planned and pulled up. I did not have stuff for the episode later on pulled up instead, and I'm not riffing right now at all. I have it ready. I know who I just read this book about and who it was by. Uh, uh, okay, I've got it. Um, all right. <laughs> so uh, this week I read Waiting for Tom Hanks by Carrie Winfrey. Um, it was a good 3.5 read. Like, it was solid. Um, the main character is kind of hard to like, but other than that, it's really funny. If you have watched a ton of rom-coms, the references are just, like, through the um. roof. I mean, this this is also written in a way that I think it would make a way better movie than a book. Okay, fair enough. Um, and I think that's also part of, part of why it's only, like, a 3.5 for me. But it's really funny, especially if you are, like, familiar with the Nora Ephron canon, which... Eventually, I'm going to be getting y'all caught up with, with You've Got Mail. I would recommend this if you don't want to think too much, but you do want to feel that rom-com joy. So go for it. I'm telling you now, Angela has been trying for years to make me watch You've Got Mail. And now I'm forcing you. Oh, you will text Angela. her and let her know that you're supposed to watch it as like a homework assignment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she's literally been trying to bargain that like she'll watch this with me. If I watch You Got Mail. I need this woman's phone number. Because um, I need to text her and be like, guess what? <laughs> I don't think any of you have it. And I will not <laughs> share. You fool. I do have it. Angela, oh, God if damn you're it. listening to this I'm podcast, sure my number is 555. <laughs> she uh, does five, listen five. to the podcast. 555. <laughs> five, five, five. Um, no, but for real, text me. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Okay. So, not going to lie. It was my birthday weekend. I slept in a treehouse for four days. Four days? Yes. I had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. So I lived in Angela's treehouse, which is my house. <laughs> it, it Even the keys are labeled Danny's house. If I hadn't actually been to your apartment, I would be like, Danny, is, is this a cry for help? Nope. It's not a cry for help. <laughs> I have actually a very large apartment. You do. And I'm <laughs> angry about it, if I'm being so honest. <laughs> But I did sleep in a treehouse with a wood-burning stove, and so I did not do a lot of things involving anything. I kind of ignored the world. I did listen to several audiobooks. I listened to the entirety of the audiobook for The Green Mile, and I listened to um, the uh, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. But Just the- like laying on the floor of the treehouse? Laying on the bed in the treehouse. There's also a couch in there and a mini fridge. Mm. <laughs> Liz? I... This is actually a weird week. I don't have anything. Dun, dun, I know. Dun. 
Well, I'm in the middle of an audiobook and a physical book, and I was going to finish the physical book last night, but then my sister texted me and said, hey, bitch, she didn't say the bitch part, but hey, do you want to drink White Claws and watch Buffy all night? And so the choice and had to be. you didn't invite me? <laughs> <laughs> the, the offense. I'm sorry. No, no. It's fine. This is her offended face. Is this not now. her offended face? <laughs> Um, I mean, so I'm a little offended. The podcast is breaking up now. Um, with artistic differences. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Okay. I mean, I'm a I little offended. You, you guys keep trying to get me to watch Buffy. She was already on the third episode because she was rewatching. I don't give a shit. No, you're fine. I you, will watch every episode. Like we could be in the middle of the fifth season and be like, "Bitch, this is where we is." <laughs> yes. Here's your white closet. You ass down. Exactly. So the excuse is what. Oh Lord! I'll make it up to you. I promise. Mm-hmm. You're apparently mm-hmm. very much into <laughs> You're have to. Okay. white girl spoopy season, though, because white claws and watching Buffy sounds very white girl spoopy season. Well, That's I- literally what my sister called, and she's like, "Do you want to have a sad spoopy girl night tonight?" And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> Needs more pumpkin spice to be a real white girl. I mean, the white claws, though. So when we're talking about like drinking, it's the white claws. If I didn't know you and know that you drink them, I would <laughs> ask the question, who actually drinks those, though? Are they a front for drugs? Um, because they're nasty. <laughs> uh, my sister drinks them more than I do, but I, I don't mind White Claws. I don't really like them. I'm sorry. I can't do it. That's like, it's a, it's a hard it's pass. Fine. Like, they're fine. We also, I also made us grilled cheeses and we had butternut squash soup. So we were very white girl. <laughs> Don't murder me. I really like me some grilled cheeses, too. God damn it. Uh, I would like to state for the record <laughs> that if Liz goes missing, I did not murder her. Same. And anyway. you can believe it because it's on a recording. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's why I didn't finish the book. Priorities. Uh, we mm-hmm. are going to have words with your sister now. Yeah. Yeah. How well, we don't get to play White Claws and Buffy. I'm sorry. Uh- <laughs> All right, well, moving on from that, um, our grudge is about to be on par with our main characters today. What the hell of a transition was that? That was me doing whatever the fuck I want. You don't get to critique me now, ma'am. Putz. Moron. Anywho, so uh, Liz has made the claim that this is one of her favorite movies. This is also one of my favorite movies. Um, it is. It is a family classic. Uh, so, before we dive in to some of the plot, I'm going to give you a few fun facts about this movie because, you know, fun facts are fun. Uh, first of all, Walter Matthau almost fucking died making this movie. He got pneumonia <laughs> being in the Minnesota winter. And, uh, the, the corresponding fun fact with that is that he is quoted as saying the only reason he agreed to do this movie was because he needed to pay off his gambling debts. And he, after the experience, said, I should have asked for more money. (laughs) That was because of the nudity scene, the naked scene. It was not nudity, but he is naked in a bathtub. That's true. the joke. He's like, if I knew there was going to be nudity in it, I would have asked for more money. It's true. It's true. Um... Also, Burgess um, Meredith, who you probably know as Pop, he was actually cast as much older than he was. He was playing a 94-year-old in the first movie and was only 85. 
He also was struggling a little bit with uh, Alzheimer's and had to be coached through some of his scenes, which you can see a little bit, but he still delivers, man. He's so good. Delivers. Hilarious. Hilarious. And he was actually only 17 years older than his supposed son, Jack Lemmon. So there you go. Also, a little like, what if, is that this movie was originally supposed to be for Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Correct. So. Um, there are many more fun facts if you go and look for them, but that's not what this podcast is. So you need to go find a movie podcast if you want that. Yeah. Who would like to tell us the plot of this movie? I can, because I never do. Yay! Yay! And Danny probably would like a break from always having to do this segment or share <laughs> this segment with Wiggles. Okay. So Grumpy Old Men, which is straight up one of my top three movies of all time. I've, it's um great and fantastic and also just has a lot of nostalgia for me, is about two grumpy old men in Wabasha, Minnesota, who've had a lifelong feud, but are also neighbors. So life. Um, And they're just living their life ice fishing in the middle of winter when a hot young thing, young is like 50. She looks like 50s. She is young. She's 20 years younger than they are. In in the movie? In life. I don't know about in the movie. Oh. She might have been playing older, but yeah. Okay. Uh, Ariel moves in next door and Ariel is a bit of a free spirit and she causes a lot of commotion. Uh, she likes to ride her snowmobile in, snowmobile in the middle of the night and all that jazz. So the the two old men are kind of fighting with each other over the like opportunity to like hang out with Ariel and court her because their a feud all started back when um, John, who's played by Jack Lemon stole quote unquote max gustus nope max goldman john gustus and max goldman his girl away or whatever we don't really know how that went so the movie progresses through them bickering and fighting over ariel and eventually john starts actually having a real romantic relationship with her but cuts it off to like give max the opportunity and then john gets really sad and then he eventually has a heart attack, which is very sad. And that's when Max goes, okay, you can have her. That's like the, the, the highest and quickest way I can get through the plot of this that movie. That is the trajectory, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you hit the high points. So what do we want to talk about first? I want to talk about, so this movie is technically classified as a rom-com. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a rom-com? I 100% think it's a rom-com. I think yeah. it's marketed as a buddy comedy. Yeah. Right? Um, and it hits those points, too. But I think it's especially marketed that way because of the actors, Jack Lemmon and, and um, Walter Math- Mathau. Mathau. For some reason, I was just like, Mathau, that's the only name he gets to have. <laughs> um, and uh, that's because if you don't know, these two are the original odd couple. Yeah. They yes. are the odd couple, right? They were actually in 10 movies together. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. a few more extra fun facts. <laughs> They'll just keep coming, don't you They'll worry. just keep coming. But yeah, they. I think that that's what they marketed as, uh, uh, is this like, what if it was that, but they're older now? So yeah. I think the thing that determines whether it's a rom-com for me is, is the plot driven by the romance? And I think the answer is yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you could tell this their story without introducing somebody like Ariel, but there needs to be a catalyst for change, right? Right. And she is that. Uh, in my opinion, Ariel is the original manic pixie gr- dream girl. Oh, for sure. That like, is that is she what is she the is. Model for that. Ariel is absolutely like the manic pixie dream girl of 
before they were manic, manic pixie dream girls because she's a professor of classic literature or some type of literature. Well, somehow this bitch has managed to previously, she says that she was teaching expressionism. Yeah. But now she's suddenly teaching English classics at, at the college level. I was like, that doesn't happen. No. Yeah, that's not that a thing. That's, I was like, you must, you must be a manic pixie dream girl. And she has money coming out of her ass too, because that house is big. I think some of that must be inheritance from her husband's death. Yeah, probably. Probably. Because like she has a, a fairly large house. Now, I'm granted, this is the 90s and in Minnesota. So and small town and Minnesota. small town Minnesota. So that either translates to it's really fucking expensive because it's small town, or it's really not. There is no in between. Right. And the other thing to keep in mind because it's the nineties, right? Is that could you probably buy a house on your own on a professor's salary back then? Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 You could. But yeah. she's also got she's got a very nice uh, uh snowmobile. Hmm. Um, and then is that a sauna or a hot tub? It looks like a sauna. I think yeah. it's a sauna. Well, I think too. The the reason I also think that it must be that she's like living on inheritance money is like they make a comment of her having moved around all over the place over yeah. the last bit. And so I think the story that they're trying to tell us with the way she treats money is that she's decided she's going to live life to the fullest because she lost her husband. Right? Yeah. And you never know when it's going to be your last day. Yeah. She's uh, she's from California, correct? Or at least that's where she, she came from. She was teaching at Berkeley, so at least she's been there for a while. Yeah. Which that could be another thing, too, because... Like, she's not old enough to probably be retired, but I mean, if you were teaching at Berkeley and then you moved to Minnesota, you have California money in Minnesota. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we're, you're talking to three girls from the Midwest. It's a thing. Yeah, oh, it's, it's for sure a thing. Very different. Yeah. Um. Also, she, it, and it's a weird thing that stuck out to me, but this is the 90s and she got tea tree oil sent mm-hmm. to her in the fucking 90s. That was not a thing. Oh, she's given strong art teacher energy throughout oh, this yeah. entire thing. Oh, yeah. Like, I was just like, God damn. Like, this... I don't know why the tea tree oil stuck out to me, but I was like, she's getting essential oils. It's the 90s. Well, that's why she had to have it, like, shipped in mm-hmm, at the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love her. I also, there are things about her that I want to be. Like, girl's got sweater game down. Oh, oh for sure. Oh, my God. I'm fucking, like, wrap like, things. I'm like, I yes. would wear that now. Mm-hmm. I would wear all that. I would wear her entire wardrobe. Uh, but, like, also, she's very bold, you know? Mm-hmm. She just, like, walks into people's houses, and they're like, uh, ma'am? <laughs> to look at their bathrooms. Yes. Which is a weird obsession, but whatever, I guess. Oh, I get it. As I somebody it. who go, who who maybe and should not, but certainly does, like to open people's medicine cabinets to see what they have. As somebody I get who's it. A, a graded snoop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I know where the medicines are in your bathroom, but it's usually because I'm like, "Can I have this?" It's not hard. You just open a drawer, and then there's medicine. I actually don't snoop that much. I think it's mostly because people just tell me shit, so I don't really need to like <laughs> poke around. I it'll come out eventually. I don't do this anymore, but I used to have a fascination with going through people's purses. So if I was like with my mom and she said her purse down, I would immediately pick it up and just start going through it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Harriet the Spy. <laughs> right? Jeez. I don't know. Oh, man. I do it whenever I come over to your house, too. I'm, I like look around like, oh, what's this? I know you what's do. This? What's this? I like, I'm genuinely like, I gotta hide all the good <laughs> shit. 
Now I'm terrified what you do when you cat sit for me. Same. Same thing. Yeah, poker on my back. I mean, I got nothing. Mm. Well, I, I also, <laughs> to me, there's no more Manic Pixie Dream Girl moment than when she's like, oh, yeah, I stole some of your mail. And they're like, that's weird, but okay, because you're cute. Right. Like, that's strong Manic Pixie energy. Well, when she first does it to John, it's like, okay, that's actually believable that the yeah. mail got delivered to the wrong house. And then she immediately does it to Max. And John's like, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. It is less believable considering that they are in a small town mm-hmm. and John and Max have lived there like sure. pretty much their entire lives. Like the mailman's not going to mess that up mm-hmm. often, if at all. He probably knows them. I think those two have been living next door to each other their whole fucking lives. Yes. That's how I read this whole movie is that basically they were like, I hate you so much. Now move into that house over there. (laughs) (laughs) I can get you a good deal on it. Right? I mean, I definitely said it earlier. He calls him putts, but that's his putts. Mm. Nobody else gets to fuck with that putts. Right. Well, that's the whole plot because the one thing I didn't mention in the plot was the IRS thing. And that's... The whole the whole thing there is Max just being like, whoa, 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 you can't fuck with him. I fuck with him, but yeah. you get the fuck out of here. I love when he like turns his evil ire yes. on to the IRS <laughs> man. He's like, oh, guess what, motherfucker? I got time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a retired, bitch. I'm like, I got literally nothing better to do. <laughs> and that's what I aspire to. I mean, that is the dream someday. Be like, yeah. I've got nothing to do but fuck with your ass because you fucked with my bitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the subplot number one of what is like five subplots is that John apparently fucked up his taxes for a long period of time because his ex-wife was working part time, but he was claiming she wasn't working. And so the IRS are like, you owe us $50,000 and we're going to repossess your house. Yep. And that's, that's a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot of money anyway, but it's a lot of money in the 90s. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's scary money in the 90s. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. I don't know what that conversion is to, but I would say at least double it. At least. At yeah. At least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's definitely like your house money back then. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to talk about the housing market, to be totally honest. So I'm going to like push us <laughs> beyond that because yep. then I'll get angry. I know. Same. I know. <laughs> Same. So I guess I want to talk a little bit because I feel like we'll like leave it in the dust because we'll be talking about other things that we really like. I want to talk a little bit about the kids of John and Max and their like cute little situation they got going on. Oh, yeah. So plot number three. Mm -hmm. Number two. Yeah. (laughs) I would like to talk about subplot number two. Thank you. So technically... She's just separated from her husband. Mel is her name. And her husband is played by that, you know, uh, the bad guy in like every 90s movie for forever. He's a bad guy in Happy Gilmore. He plays Shooter McGavin in Shooter Happy McGavin. Gilmore. He's just uh, a smarmy looking asshole. I'm sure he's a delightful human being. I really am. Because he always plays the funniest characters, even though they're always the asshole. Christopher McDonald. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. He's just like made an entire career of himself out of being like the douche. (laughs) (laughs) He's also the douche and flubber. Um, He is the douche and flubber. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm just like looking at some of his like notable things. I was just like, 
are you the good guy in any of these? <laughs> <laughs> He's Tappy Tibbins in Requiem for a Dream. Um, he plays Ward Cleaver in Leave it to Beaver. Anyway, the point is not he, he has a fabulous career that I'm sure has paid him very well being the guy that everyone's like, oh, that guy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's one of those people that walks on screen and immediately you're like, that fucking asshole's back. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah. him? And mm-hmm. I, I, you know what? I would love to see him do more. Do it more. You, <laughs> he's, you yeah. He's very can't good. Can't age out of that face. Let's see it more. <laughs> <laughs> he's not in this movie very much. It's a very no. small part. But his his character is implied to a lot before we ever get to meet him. Yes. And <laughs> him and his wife are their relationships on the rocks, and they're separating. And so she's spending a lot more time at her dad's and runs into kind of what sounds like a high school crush, but like neither one of them wanted to acknowledge it kind of thing. It seems pretty obvious that Jacob definitely had a crush on her. Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And very clearly still does. Well, I mean, it's not explicit, but my understanding of the situation is that Jacob was definitely like a nerd and she was definitely a popular hottie. I mean, she's Daryl Hannah, so. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> There's no way she wasn't a popular hottie. And I think that she probably was like, it wouldn't be cool for me to date the kid next door. Right. But at the same time, when he mentions that he used to, like, stare through her window, mm-hmm. which, by the way, creepy. Yes. Um, She pretty much implies that, like, she left the curtains slightly open on purpose. Yes. To I- let him <laughs> stare through the window. Well, I love the the way that that gets phrased too, because she's like, "Why, why do you think I was constantly staring at through your window?" And she's like, "Why do you think that the window was open just enough?" And he was like, "I thought I was lucky." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Bitch, no, <laughs> come <No>. on." <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, I think they're really cute. And so while we're spending all this time paying attention to John and Max and Ariel and their whole situation in the background those two are totally falling in love with each yes. other and it's so cute the broccoli um mistletoe cracks me up yes it's adorable yes and That's... he is running for mayor he is running for mayor so this is a random thing but the one of the things i love about this movie is that basically every scene counts mm-hmm. like every scene has a point and the reason i'm thinking about that is jacob comes up a lot partially to like work with Mel to get <laughs> the dads to get along, mm. but also because he's running for mayor. Mm-hmm. So when he eventually becomes mayor, he can then get the cease and desist order on the IRS to save John's house. And it's just like every single scene has a point in the plot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why did we ever get rid of that? I know. Can we bring it back, movie I- makers? <laughs> There's also some really lovely moments because it shows that as much as Max and John fight It has never been that they don't like each other's children. It's not even necessarily that they don't like each other. They fight constantly. But like the instant that John sees Jacob, because he's, you know, he's bringing around signs and everything that, you know, vote for me to be mayor, blah, blah, blah. And he walks up and you would think that if they fought this much all through their lives, that he maybe wouldn't like his son either. But his instant response is, oh, hi, Jakey. Well, he spends the whole movie trying to get Jacob to actually finally ask Mel out. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, and that's part of the reason I wanted to talk about Jake and Mel. Because one of the funniest scenes that happens early on, because a lot of the beginning is build up. There's definitely humor there, but it, it's a it's a big lead into a lot of like payoff and jokes later. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes is when John is like sp- 
spying on Ariel and is like, this woman is insane. She keeps on hours. <laughs> she does these weird things. And Jake's like, you're paying a lot of attention there, John. <laughs> <laughs> the squirrels. It's the squirrels. The squirrels. The squirrels. Right? Uh, and, and then just the delivery of it. I was like, they must have either, like, I don't know the history of either of these actors, like, before they became famous actors. Mm-hmm. But, like, either they are from the Midwest or they spent some time around people from the Midwest because the delivery was so fucking Midwest. He goes, like he transitions very like abruptly to so by the way melon meloner husband are mm-hmm. they're good they're separating yeah <laughs> but then he the one thing he won't say which is also very midwest is why don't you just ask mel out yeah but he, like right, why right, don't right. you come by around this time yeah after they at christmas or something and because yes. you know mel will be here we have a very roundabout way to thing yeah. to do things it's yes. very midwest yes That's why there is a thing called a midwest goodbye <laughs> and it is anybody from the midwest you are well aware you don't get to just say, okay, bye, and leave. That's not how it works. No, that's offensive. You then have another 10-minute conversation and then kind of mention that you're leaving mm-hmm. again. And then you get to have another like 10 to 20-minute conversation. And then maybe in that process, you get to put a coat on and maybe pick up a few things to go out the door. It takes a very long time to leave in the Midwest. Well, they do that side conversation so perfectly because that's that's what that's a street conversation yeah. is what I like to call them. I always thought it was hilarious that my mom and the neighbor would both end up on either side of the street at the end of their driveways chatting with each other. And I was like, that is that's Midwest to me. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and so the street conversations are perfect. And so when he get like the way he ends it too is he's just like goes back to talking about Ariel and he's like I haven't had sex in 15 years oh my god and just like pats him on the shoulder and goes inside (laughs) and I was like that is so just the way you like throw out the thing that like is gonna haunt somebody yep the the rest of the day they're gonna be thinking about that shit and it's like god why why do we do that because we're from the midwest (laughs) I don't know it's one of my favorites okay Wiggles what's subplot number three subplot number three is Chuck that was gonna be my subplot number three too i fucking love chuck fucking love chuck um honestly i'm heartbroken every time i know i wish we had more time with him but like that's the whole point right is live for today because you don't know what the fuck is left well that's like a whole theme of this movie yeah i love chuck too because he he's just like you two are idiots we've been friends for god knows how long you two are idiots i'm going to the lady (laughs) he's just Mm -hmm. like shut the fuck up Ma'am, I think you're hot. <laughs> Chuck is great because as a side character who's really in like a handful of scenes, his character's impact on the overall story is huge. Yes, it is. So we have Chuck basically telling them, you're a bunch of idiots. And then if you ain't going to go after it, I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. And he ha- describes his like night with Ariel as this like transcendent experience. Yes. <laughs> we never know what happens. We know they don't have sex, but we never know what happens. I don't think, uh, I think it's best that we don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> That's need between to Chuck know. and Ariel. It's between Chuck and Ariel. I also gotta say, like, of all the choices, let's be so honest, Chuck is the hot one of those three. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like, John is, Jack Lemon's still pretty attractive. He's all right, but he don't dress... No. In a way that's like, hello, He dresses like a man in his 60s in the Midwest. (laughs) And it doesn't matter what decade. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. 
Oh, God, it's so true. There was a big nostalgia factor for me the second the, sh- the movie started. I'm like, that is that is small town Minnesota in the in the winter. That is oh, yeah. for sure what that is. Yep. Yep. It could also be small town South Dakota in the winter because, yep. I also got to say, and this is sort of like a complete tangent from what the fuck we're talking about. But I have always been in love, like, as a child, didn't know this is what I was feeling, but I've always been in love with Walter Matthau's voice. He has a very strange, it's like, there are certain consonants that he doesn't overpronounce. It's not mm-hmm. a lisp, but he just kind of, like, soft pronounces certain consonants. Mm-hmm. And um, it is very soothing. It is. Yes. And he also I has don't a know very why. distinct voice. Yes. So, like, his manner of speaking, you're correct, he does kind of soft pronounce some consonants and then he just has a very distinct voice and vocal pattern mm-hmm. and yeah is i find it very soothing yeah well, he also the- was the the neighbor in dennis the medic i literally was about to go there do you have any idea <laughs> and how that is we are right now <laughs> that is such a nostalgia <laughs> thing for me because that was my jam hey, as a kid Wilson. I also love how he says VFW because I'm just like, that's not the most like (laughs) going down to the VFW. How is the turkey at the VFW? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. They're trying to get it out of him that he went to like, they they saw you clearly. Yeah. Yeah. He also has like a little bit of a whistle on certain words. I don't know if you catch that, but there's like. Mm-hmm. like some air is like passing through his teeth that like whistles as he talks sometimes mm-hmm. again it's just very melodic and, and soothing well it, it, so before we started recording you mentioned that like you prefer the first one to the second one and yeah. i think that maybe the reason i love the second one even more is because you get more of of max in that one well it's his love story it's his love one. story right um and i i literally could watch him say the like maria there may be plenty of fish in the sea, but you're the only one I want to stuff and mount over my fireplace. <laughs> and I love it. It's one of my favorite things. I also love in the second one, which is not what we're talking about, but I just love the way he goes, Nyeg! Nyeg! every time he's talking to her. <laughs> or, or fucking restaurante, bait the shop. <laughs> sorry we're leaving Uh, Danny out on this one somehow she's managed to not see the second one I think I have seen it I just I don't know it was one of the this was one of those movies that going over to like my grandparents house growing up this these were on a Mm -hmm. lot because my grandpa thought grumpy old man was the (laughs) bomb.com so did every midwestern man yes well and I think there was also some ownership by like midwestern people that hey this movie was made in Minnesota yes Mm -hmm. You know, this was ours. There is also a nostalgia factor to the squirrels thing mm-hmm. um, for me because my grandpa was obsessed with squirrels. He he there was an, an incredibly fat squirrel that lived on my grandparents property because grandpa fed him constantly to the point where this fucking squirrel. My dad was in the garage with my grandpa one day and this squirrel just comes into the garage and goes into the can where the food was. And starts to help himself. And my dad, who was a full-grown adult, like I was alive at this point, was like, Dad, what is... And he goes, oh, no, it's fine. He just helps himself. <laughs> like, what the hell? Oh, my God. 
So the squirrels thing makes me laugh. It's, it's just a little like, oh. Well, she's got the, the squirrels on her roof. It's the squirrels. On, <laughs> look at the squirrels on her roof. So while we're talking about Max, can I say that one of the things that I love about this movie, because John and Ariel will end up together at the end, mm-hmm. is I think they did a good job of portraying that Max and Ariel don't really fit as a couple. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like, obviously, Max is, I mean, he says that at one point, he's just too old to wait for somebody who like, who's he, perfect, who's perfect. Yeah. But they do a good job of then comparing the fact that like John and Ariel do make a lot more sense together. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, oh, whoever ends up quote unquote winning or picking the girl or like, right, gets the prize. It's like, no, these two actually make sense. And Ariel even says throughout the entire movie that she's just friends with Max, even though Max doesn't think that. Yeah, she says Max is my friend. Yeah. Well, I think in Max's head, he's like, with enough uh, suave debonair, I right. can win her over. <laughs> it's like. You'd have to have that first, sir. <laughs> well, their one dinner at her house together that we do see, it's very awkward and like they don't really have a lot to talk about or have a lot of interests in common, mm-hmm. which is the very opposite of her and John, who are like, he is an old high school uh, history teacher. So they do have a lot in common. They play chess together. They're very cute, honestly. They, they make are. snow angels. They make snow angels. Yes. Well, and you can see what Chuck is talking about when he says it's like, it's like being young again. That yeah. bringing that love into your life mm-hmm. just livens everything up again. It's infectious too. When somebody's excited to be doing something or out in the world or whatever, you know, it, it is a little infectious at times. Especially for two old old fogies who have a pretty set routine of just like, we get up and we go ice fishing and that's what we do. Mm-hmm. I love the ice shanties so much. The, like, shanty town on the lake. Yes. It's such a Minnesota thing. I love that there is somebody whose entire job is to have a cart of basic necessities and half of them are beer and cigarettes. Yep. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> you could make a killing doing that. Oh, my God, saying, right? For sure. Did you know, another fun fact, that the address that is on Pop Pop Shack, because they have addresses on their shanties, mm-hmm. is actually the address of the real Slippery's Bar in Wabasha, Minnesota. Good to know. Good to know. Which is coming in hot with a fun fact. I got one of them. (laughs) (laughs) I got to give up so much love for Pop Pop. Uh, Uh, It's he is just every time he's on screen, you're just laugh. No one else matters. (laughs) (laughs) This actually aged fairly well. Like there's not a lot that you're like, "Eh, and I mean, because the only things are Pop Pop makes some horrible horrible references to sexual stuff you gotta but mount her su- son yes <laughs> you gotta mount her son but it, her, they're supposed to be horrible like it creeps john out yes like they're supposed to be oh my god what the fuck did you just say right it's not it's not seen as like oh this is like this is acceptable cool no it's, it's not like, acceptable in the no, 90s my dad either. is completely out of line <laughs> all the time and he embarrasses the shit out of me he, that's another thing that I love about the second movie, maybe just a titch more, is you get more of him as well. And God, the things that they got this guy to say, they were just like, what if... Got him to say it? I swear, most of those had to have come from him. He the was having he... the best time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the one that actually make, makes it in the movie? Is Chuck is taking the one-eyed snake to the optometrist or yes, something like that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pop-pop! I, I love to every... like. 
in the like credits when they're doing all the bloopers, like he has a different reaction for each one. I know. Right? Like he's like, ooh. Oh. <laughs> or, or what is the one where he ends it with meow? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember, but it's funny. <laughs> They're all amazing. But my personal favorite, and I wish it was the one in the movie because I think it's the funniest, um, is the one where he's like, looks like Chuck sticking the old log to the beaver. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's really fun about this is that they. Both John and Max have a lot of like insane one-liners too. Mm-hmm. But honestly, John has also some really interesting dirty jokes. The one that I wrote down this time, because <laughs> this time is I've laid more pipe in this town than Wabashot plumbing. <laughs> yes. I feel like that's Jesus like Christ. the first, like, oh geez, you know, like really out there thing that's said in the movie in like the spans of the movie it's the first time that something like that comes out and it's been a really long time since i've seen this movie (laughs) and so all of a sudden he said it and i was like what am i watching oh yeah watching it as an adult is a different experience than watching it as a kid they do a really good job of making it so it goes over your head as a kid and as an adult you're like sir also this is the first time i've watched this as an adult it's a different movie it's a different movie yeah when you guys said this said that (laughs) like this for for the podcast i was like really i mean fine like sure let's do this but i didn't know exactly why you really were because i i was a kid Mm -hmm. here's the thing i'm also not a very like big romantic oh yay relationships person why am i on a romance podcast um we need because controversy. we got high and drunk while playing Mario Kart and convince you to do it. I don't know why we have to explain this every time. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> I also really like, I, I like reading romance stuff. I just, yeah. Anyway. Um, but also as a child, like I didn't pay attention to that shit. I'm like, oh, funny. He, you know, he pushed the ice house into the lake. He put a fish in his back of his car and then it got real stinky. Right, yeah. right. Like yeah. those are the things you he like, cling to as a kid. He hosted in the middle of, of winter. Like that's, that's the shit you pay attention to. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to the romance and stuff and the dirty things that Pop Pop was saying. Well, for fuck's sake, I would say that this movie is dirtier and raunchier than half the rom-coms made today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And our parents let us watch this when we were kids. Oh, yeah. Y- youths. Youths. Tiny youths <laughs> under the age or under the height of three feet, right? Like, I'm watching this shit. I remember sitting, like, watching this movie as a kid and laughing at the outtakes, like, with my mom. Yes. And now I'm looking back at it and I was like, mother, what? you let me watch that when I was far too young to understand it. Right. Like, literally- which makes me go, looking back, why did I think it was funny? Did I just think it was contextually funny because <laughs> other people were laughing? I don't know. Or did I just like his delivery? Like, I don't know. I literally remember this being on during Christmas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With, because, like, all of our family there. Because it's a mm-hmm. Christmas movie. Yeah. It's at very least a classic fall movie. Yeah. Because it now, s- starts in November. November. And they're saying that they have a lot of snow for November. Right. And it and goes then, through Thanksgiving, Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His, he has his heart attack on Christmas Eve, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. This movie and Tremors. Tremors? I don't know. Okay. Okay. I fucking love Tremors, though. I've never seen it. For, for us, the, the corresponding one that goes with this, because we have several, but the corresponding one, of course, is The Great Outdoors. Oh, obviously. Oh, fuck the yeah, Great, the great outdoors. outdoors. Also, Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. Dumb and Dumber was, for some reason, like... Oh, that was, no. A uh, big family one for us. My mom and also myself are not Jim Carrey fans. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Fair enough. I love him, but I also understand 
why you wouldn't. Mm. I'm not like I'm not upset about the man. I'm just like, eh, not my humor. Same with Will Ferrell. I'm like, eh, not my humor. Fair enough. Uh, you know, like Will Ferrell for me is like Melissa McCarthy. He either nails it or it's like, I will never watch this again. Except for Will Ferrell, of course, in the producers because he fucking nailed that. Oh Nailed shit out that. Fucking nailed the producers. Well, uh, like my favorite thing Will Ferrell has done in the last ten years is Eurovision. I haven't seen it. It it's worth watching actually. Moving on back to this movie. I'm not gonna let us get off track. <laughs> yeah, I I do want to throw out a couple other just like lines that I wrote down because mm-hmm. um we're kind of in the like one liner territory. Yeah. Uh, this one it's it's dumb and I love it, but it's when Max is talking talking to Chuck and he's like, yeah, he's a regular Don Juan. No wonder the ladies don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> 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 Um, and then the other Max line that I, I had to write down this time, because I don't think I've ever caught this before, is when he's talking to the IRS man, who's who's literally in John's house while John is in the hospital. And he's he says, John Gustafson is straight as a grizzly's dick. <laughs> like, what does that mean? No, my favorite is the, the, the reason that that's like referenced in the first place is he goes he goes to one of those real kinky clubs you know the ones with the male dancers (laughs) at the beginning of the movie (laughs) (laughs) this delivery of it is what makes it funny because he's like one of those real kinky clubs (laughs) well liz did you know there yes, I know a there's a bone, bone in a bear's penis. penis. I know, <laughs> Danny. God damn it. <laughs> I hope your dad is proud that you just quoted him. I mean, always. Your husband will forever and always randomly look at me and go, hey, Danny, did you know that there's a bone in a bear's penis? Yes, I am aware, unfortunately. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> There's your educational fact, folks. Yeah. Well, you said it's straight as a as a grizzly bear. As a grizzly's dick. Yeah. He says a grizzly's dick to that IRS man. As straight as a grizzly's dick. Well, I'm sure it is pretty straight. There's a bone in a bear's penis. I, okay. I'm going to divert us away from this because <laughs> it will keep going. One of my favorite lines, and it's like, there's nothing funny about it. There's nothing funny about the delivery. It's just on point with the Midwest experience is when they're comparing their catch of the day and John throws back, well, and you know I throw back what I'm not going to eat. Yes. <laughs> it is very much a, I like, I felt that in the depth of yes. my soul. I'm just like, God, that's so off point. Oh, no. <laughs> Especially I am a, I come from a very fisherman-y family and my dad loves to ice fish. I do not. I have no desire. I, I've grown up in the cold. I've grown up a lot cooler than we are right now, like where we live right now. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to actively sit my ass on a bunch of fucking ice. No, no. I know you're in the shack and like there's a heater and you're on. I I get it. I get it. The problem isn't the ice. It's the fucking flipped over five gallon bucket that you sit (laughs) on. That's the problem. I'm not going to lie though. John's ice shack. I was like, oh. Oh yeah, their ice shacks in this are not like just like little dingy ass things mm-hmm. they got a whole setup going like, yeah no nice. they set them up at the beginning of winter and they stay up until the end yes it's just he had a nice like chair and stuff to sit in like he sat down and i'm like oh he had a well, hot damn mm-hmm. i could go in that i could do that quick point again of mentioning all the little things the other thing that like solidifies 
the difference between John and Max as far as Ariel is concerned is John is always listening to classical music, mm-hmm. which would be very much her thing. And Max is always watching TV and mm-hmm. sports and yeah. stuff, which there is a whole thing about her gutting her TV. To yes. Make it a, <laughs> yeah. A stand for her fishbowl. Well, I, I also love that he's not just offended because he's a guy and he doesn't and like TV's important because you're a guy, right? He's offended because he's like, I was a TV repairman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was my fucking job. He's like, I can fix it for you. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I also yeah. love that he like blows dust off the box of chocolates he pissed her. And I was like, so here's the thing. The bare minimum was already on the floor and you dug a hole. Like, <laughs> how old are those chocolates? It gotta be horrifically just hard as rocks. Ugh, gross too. Chocolate does go bad. It does. Well Does it? Yeah. It does. It's not supposed to have a shelf life of infinity. Well. There's milk in it. Yeah, but like... It's plant matter. It can mold. Oh, well, yeah, I know it can mold, but like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I think that what it also does a really good job of showing in that moment is like both John and Max have spent a really long time without their significant others. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so it it really explains why they're so desperate when they find somebody who gives them even a little bit of comfort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, And maybe this is, it just wasn't clear to me or maybe I didn't pay attention enough. So I know John got divorced, but is she also dead? That's my understanding. Okay. Yeah, they don't say. That is one of the little like backstory things that I absolutely love is they didn't just have John win and he won right Mm -hmm. like with may the first woman that kind of created this feud between the two of them Mm -hmm. john quote unquote won may from max and then he says that she was no prize he says that she wasn't loyal so we don't know if she cheated on him or not but they Mm -hmm. ended up getting divorced right whereas max then ended up marrying amy Mm-hmm. And even John was like, you won. You got the better woman because Amy was a damn good woman or a damn fine mm-hmm. woman. Yeah. And they're all in agreement in that. Yeah. That, yeah. Like, she was really what's the love of his life. Yeah. It makes it also totally makes Max's motivations make a lot of sense when John's like, do you love her? And he's like, no, but I just want somebody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just going into the second one for a brief moment while we're talking about Max's love life. That makes the beginning of the second one like so sad because there's like a scene where Jacob is being like, Pop, why don't you start dating again? Because Max is kind of like pining over the relationship that John and Ariel have. And uh, Max is just like, eh, all these women, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't like the women in town. And he's like, Jacob, do you remember when... Your mom made those rhubarb pies for my birthday. Jacob's like, yeah, that's how she found out she was allergic to rhubarb. And and Max was like, no, she always knew. She just made it for me anyway because it was my favorite. And he's like, I think about those things all the time. He's like, oh, Max. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that just broke my fucking heart. Oh, yeah. You gotta gotta watch the second one. If for no other reason than like Sophia. Loren. That's okay. I was right. Sophia Loren um, is, is Max Love's love interest and she's fucking phenomenal she's, she's so, so funny. funny god and damn hot. that woman is hot oh my god right well and so is um and margaret is that who a- yeah and margaret mm-hmm. yeah 
not to diminish these women to their looks, but they picked some fun-ass women. Well, and funny as fuck. So funny. Great acting. Great line delivery. Just Timing. So on good. point. Like, and the movie that Anne Margaret is probably best well known for is Bye Bye Birdie. And in that one, they really reduced her to just like this very thin role. Mm. Um, like she's the lead. Uh, I don't mean that her time on screen was thin. I mean, like her character development is so thin. Right. Um, and so it's like seeing her in something like this is like, yes. Well, and she even has a moment when she and John are like at the top of the hill looking down on the city of Wabasha. And she's like, these moments just really remind me of my late husband. Like she has mm-hmm. all of these moments where that she has sadness, but then she like immediately moves past it because she's just like, that's her character as opposed mm-hmm. to them who are kind of sit the, the men who are kind of like sitting in it and sitting in like their depression. She's just like, well, I'm still alive. So I'm going to keep moving forward. She yes. acknowledges the, the sadness mm-hmm. and then moves on. Well, and I like that her perspective on it is that I am hurt that I lost my husband and it happened in a way that I wasn't prepared to deal with. Car accident, right? Is what she said. Yeah. Uh, however, that doesn't mean that I'm not ready and excited to be with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in a lot of a lot of these stories, it's like you need to get yourself back out there. And sh- the person in question is like, I literally can't even yeah, yeah. walk without it hurting. But sure, let me do that. <laughs> I also one thing I I did notice about this movie that I really enjoyed. So um. Because she's, you know, she's kind of going after John. She had her little thing with Chuck. She has her, like, friendship with Max. Uh, There would be the natural inclination, especially in the 90s, to slut-shame her, even though there wasn't actually anything romantic going on with her and Max and her and Chuck and everything, you know. Mm -hmm. But there still would be the natural inclination to do that, and they did not do that here. They did not. No. No, they actually made her seem more like almost ethereal and goddess-like because she just mm-hmm. like would like come into people's lives and like magically make them seem so much more vibrant and alive yeah, like right she just had this well they call her an angel throughout the entire movie right i just really enjoyed that because I, I was waiting for some somebody in a small town yeah to slut shame her because she's going around with all these guys blah 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 you know but she, and she's really not mm-hmm. not that it would matter if she was but she's really not. But I was waiting for somebody to get all uppity. Right. No. And nobody did. And I was really happy about that. No, they're more just confused by this this woman who's like running around doing whatever the hell she wa- wants. And they're like, what are you doing? We can't <laughs> drive a snowmobile at one thirty in the morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> can't walk into my house at one thirty in the morning to stare at my bathroom. Or oh, how walk 90s. into my house and just start cooking. I know how nineties is it that you can just walk into somebody's house and or how small town is it? Oh yeah, also <laughs> yeah, that too. Right, like nobody wa- locked their doors in our hometown, right? Which was a mistake, but yeah. you know, you make choices. I did not grow up in a small town, so we locked our doors. Um, the while we're talking about like the slut shaming thing or the or the lack thereof, just like just like the sex life or like the going around with people life i do love that they talk about safe sex in this movie they do yes they do <laughs> what, what a random 90s thing i love that a really random like, 90s thing i love that john's like this new age thing where you gotta practice safe sex yes. <laughs> <laughs> well okay I mean, that in was the 90s the things... it was kind of new age yeah well that was one of the things that uh danny and i briefly talked about before you got here mm-hmm. is 
like this movie's a fucking time capsule it really is like the tv commercials the products they use like oh god that spray on hair oh that's so funny <laughs> infomercial that you saw, oh my god i was like <laughs> the, nu- the nutty professor dance yep commercial i was just like god damn is nutty professor really that old Yes. The answer yes. is yes. The answer yes, it is. is. And I'm like, God damn, I wasn't ready for that. Oh, man. Also, the music choices, like the I'm Too Sexy. Oh, I know. They're, oh, yeah. The music choices are really good. They're really good. <laughs> and also the score when it's not is is like the most... 90 sounding uh-huh oh it really is like it that was also i think probably part of what like dug into my nostalgia heart is the like 90s ish back score for a rom-com mm-hmm. i was just like oh yeah i'm being transported yes i don't know that sad music that they use on every fucking like moment it hits me every yeah. time i'm just like oh my yep. heart it my remembers feelers. it remembers all of the heartbreak of the 90s <laughs> i think the only movie that has that even more for me is the soundtrack for the father of the bride. Mm. Like literally I, I will have moments in my head where I'll go. Why is this happening to me? Like, this is what an insane person does. I was joking with my sister once and I was like, I don't think I'm going to buy a house unless like I look at it and like that sound where the rainbow goes over the house. And he's like this old leave it to beaver house. And I'm like, and it's the perfect house. But anyway, that's another movie we should watch because it is it holds up, in my opinion. I, I watched it not that long ago. <laughs> anyway. I don't know that I've ever seen it. <gasps> it's good. It's good. Okay. Well, it's on the list now. That's all it takes. That's a, that's a, that is one that is a classic in my family. Like, we watched that all the fucking time. Both part one and part two. I So, I'm terrible. So, my sister-in-law really, really loves um, While You Were Sleeping. Mm. And so, she ends up putting it on while we're at Christmas. Bill Pullman and Sandra Bullock. I hate while we were sleeping. While I don't think I've seen it. It isn't my favorite. The premise is very 90s rom-com. Yep. And um, so that's not my favorite. I think I've maybe seen it once or twice. I hate it. I'm like, I, I'm going to go over here and play solitaire and ignore the fact that this movie is on. I, oh, is this the one where this guy's like in a fucking coma? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, the, the way it lays out up to that point, and this isn't a spoiler, it's just like... You yeah. find out in the first five minutes, I think, but um, she's she works for like um, she works like for Amtrak or something yeah. like that, yeah. And uh, she I can't remember if she saves him or like she sees that it happens, but she follows him to the hospital. He, he gets she's, in an accident she saves on Amtrak, him from dying. Yeah, and he's in a coma this whole time, and she's just like, I, I think it starts off relatively innocent that she's like, I genuinely need to know if this man is okay. But she's also been like obsessing about him, watching him every day while he goes back and forth from work so you know i think she lies and says she's his fiance yes. so that she can see him in the hospital to right make sure that he's okay creepy. and then like she meets his family and they're like these great people and because she has this miserable life um where she's apparently all alone because if you're gonna be in a rom-com your life has to be miserable first right and so then she <laughs> decides to continue to keep up the ruse all the while falling in love with his brother yeah so yeah it's yeah i don't like that movie at all it's a movie um you know uh sandra bullock is rom-com royalty yes she is but it's not my favorite blessed be her name I her and meg ryan sa- i love me the reigning queens bullock. so we've talked about the comedy 
We've talked about the romance, but we didn't talk about the sad feels. Oh, yeah, we have to. It's one of the. It's like that's what rounds the movie out. Is it's got some romance. (laughs) It's not. It well, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So the sad feels because we didn't talk about we talked about Chuck. Is that Chuck passes away? He does. And and they they don't necessarily process it in the most healthy no. ways. No. Um, they try to kill each other a little, a little bit. bit, a little yeah, bit. Well, you know, like you like do. you do in the Midwest. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's because we can't process our emotions. In We're the emotionally constipated. That's how we roll. Yeah. Well, I also like that leading up to this, even though clearly John is frustrated with Max, and he's you know. Um, kind of depressed because he in his mind gave up his rights to ariel which is a gross way to phrase it but you know what i mean yeah but he finds out that his dad has pulled uh max's favorite fishing pole out of out of the lake and uh is going over to see chuck and tell him look at this i got this fucking idiots uh (laughs) fishing pole but you know that eventually like he's gonna find a shitty way to do it but he's going to find a way to give it back to him Mm -hmm. that also heckles him and and that that's just like it feels like the representation of their friendship a little bit and how it kind of cracks and falls apart all because there's no way to prepare yourself for when somebody goes. It doesn't matter what age you are, I don't think. You're never like, when it's somebody prepared. you're that close to. And there was no reason to suspect yep, that right. Chuck was well, unwell. The, the concept of death is talked about a lot mm-hmm. in this movie. Because they talk about somebody who died. They have that whole sequence at the beginning where they're right. talking about like the different ways people went out. And they end with, he, he died in a car accident on impact. And they're like, lucky son of a bitch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, they don't want to go out in this like barely well, there lingering and they do on the biggest kind of way. Shadowing thing where John goes, ah, a stroke. You'll get out of like a vegetable. Give me a cardiac. Yeah. anytime. Yep. And then he ends up having a heart attack at the end of the movie. Well, and they they do this little bait and switch with you where you think, oh no, he died, and you're like, fuck, because they suddenly switch to them being at a church, from the hospital, yep. from the hospital, like right. Movies have well, taught yeah, us what that means. When they're at the hospital <laughs> and Max goes to get Ariel to take her to the hospital to see John. Ariel says one of the heartbreaking things. She's like, my husband died on Easter. And if you die at Christmas, I won't have any holidays left. And, and she's like, can we just go home? And John just kind of like mumbles and falls back asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, OK, we'll stay here a little longer. And then it cuts to a church. Yes. And like in grim looking coats because it is it is still winter mm-hmm. but it is springish as you kind yeah. of realize because yeah. you can see grass it's midwest spring indica- yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's false spring probably yeah. um but so they have like long dark coats on which ne- after a minute you realize that the- it's just their nice coats right right because you have church coats that's a thing in the midwest yes uh-huh um, but when they walk in the church, all of a sudden they take off the coats and they're in tuxes and it's like, oh, you bitches. Right. How dare you do that to me? Yes. Yeah. And it's John and Ariel's wedding. Yes. Huh. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> also, that was the 90s wedding dress I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, 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 no. I don't know. Gloria's in the second one is very oh, 90s yeah. as well. She's like big puffy <laughs> sleeves, doesn't she? I think so. I think well, yeah. her veil is so big that one of the outtakes is is 
<laughs> he can't keep him like, like failing to get it. <laughs> um, of all of the sad moments, though, the one that always catches me and gets me a little teary-eyed is when Max goes to the hospital because Max finds John out in the snow, calls the ambulance, and then he falls into the hospital and talks to the nurse and says, "I have to see John Gustafson." And she's like, "Family or friend or friend or family?" And he just like pauses and has like this big internal moment and is like his eyes are all teary eye and the fucking sad music comes on again mm-hmm. and he's like friend i'm just like that's the moment that gets me every time yeah it kind of <laughs> got me too i'm like oh see you are his friend well i i actually get hit a little bit when um john like says to him before he gets to the hospital he goes he's like i Something says something along the lines of he's dying and he doesn't want the last thing he sees to be his ugly mug. Your ugly mug. And I'm like, that is such like a real friend thing to do to just be joking right. and jiving to the metal. end. Just I'm like, like you, yeah, yeah, attaboy. I want the last thing I see to be your <laughs> ugly mug. Like, I do oh, love. Man. There's this moment, um, and it's when they're fighting on the ice, which is such a funny scene because they're having a fist fight on the ice because he's just driven john's ice shack with him in it into the water mm-hmm. and they're they're having this knockdown drag out fight which is not working very well because they're on a fucking icy lake so they just keep falling over before they can actually hit each other and they're using literally frozen fish yes. as weapons <laughs> but it's pop pop comes around the corner and goes put that fish down and i you know they are in their 60s and that puckered his butthole a little bit well, Max just goes, oh, Mr. Gustafson. <laughs> he does. Like, just, just sends you right back like, oh, no. Mr. Gustafson. I've been here before. He's going to tan my hide. <laughs> it, was, it was such a funny moment to me. I'm like, yep, that, that is how you react to someone's father in the Midwest. It's like, oh, nope, nope, we don't, we don't do that. I also love that he's like, kids, you can't live with them. You can't train them. <laughs> No, he says you can't, can't shoot, shoot him. him. You can't shoot him. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of the syndication uh, dub. Yeah. You can't live with him. You, you can't, can't shoot him. him. And I'm like, mm. he says <laughs> the best yeah. fucking shit. Because here's the thing. They, they are, a lot of them, offensive, uh, especially to modern ears. But they also are things that I could see being said oh, yeah. in our community. Well, the thing about Pop Pop is, A, he's supposed to be offensive, like we talked yeah. about. Yeah. But also, he's who I want to be when I get older. I want to be just so old that I can say whatever the fuck I want, and I will say whatever the fuck I want. Oh, yeah. He gives no fucks anymore. Well, he has literally one of the best lines ever in the second movie when his son, John, says, I really wish you would lay off the the bacon, Dad. And he says, well, you can wish in one hand and shit in the other (laughs) and see which one gets full first. And he claps his hands together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I also love when he's, ex- when before that, what leads to this whole bacon thing is he's explaining, Pop-Up has this whole fucking thing where he's explaining that he smokes cigarettes and he drinks beer and he eats bacon and he's outlived all of the like, what he calls the flat stomach motherfucking <laughs> doctors. Yeah. And eventually John's like, so what, is there a moral to the story? And he's like, no. I just like that story. <laughs> God damn it, pop, pop. Well, I also love the bit where he's like, life is short. You gotta like live live life for the moment. And then he's like, 
his son starts to agree with him. He's like, yeah, life is short. And he's like, no, life is long. Why do you say life is short? He's like, you said it. He's like, well, it, it's true. Life is short. Well, and that's, that's going to be my thing. If I get to be the age that that man was, which quite frankly... I kind of hope I don't. But at 94, if somebody's trying to tell me that, like, I can't eat a certain thing or I have to do a certain thing, I'm going to be like, fuck you, motherfucker. I do what I want. You have to watch the second movie again. If if not not for anything other than to refresh your memory of of Pop Pop's fate. Yeah. Uh, It it shatters your feelers. Oh, Oh, God. The saddest, literally the saddest moment in either movie. Yeah, for sure. Um. Also, Pop Pop, this whole thing about like the first, what is it, the first 60 years, the first 80 years go by. <laughs> yeah, go by so quick. <laughs> Eventually you're like 70, and then it's just you're counting the minutes. <laughs> well, I love that he constantly talks about uh, John and Max, like they're, he'll, he says something like along the lines of, if I were as young as you, I'd yeah. go out there and I'd mount her. <laughs> Right? <laughs> and then he's just constantly like referencing how how you they're fucking youths and it's yeah. like bruh <laughs> oh, when God. he said mount her i was like oh dear lord okay his yeah. my one of my favorite lines though that he says that's like not raunchy but is funny as fuck i think it's in the second movie um the granddaughter i can't think what her name is i, I want to say morgan Allie, actually oh, okay so i was way off um she she like swallows a quarter. Oh yes. <laughs> they're freaking out. The parents are like, "Oh my god!" Right? And he's like, "Don't worry about it. If she craps out two times in a nickel, then you should be worried." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, god damn it! Oh, it's so on point with like my experience with men his age. Something about that Midwest mentality yeah, I mean, yeah. just changes them. You know, refined isn't our brand. <laughs> um, yeah. On the note of Midwest mentality, there's one gripe I have um, is the fact that on Christmas Eve, Melanie and Mike don't show up till nine o'clock at night. Yeah, we don't do that shit. On Christmas Eve? With that much snow? Your ass ain't out at nine o'clock at night. No. Unless you're like strolling over from a maybe like, the only thing i could like across town but or something. my first thought was maybe they were supposed to be at mike's parents and then they were just gonna come spend the night at john's mm-hmm. and then be there for christmas morning right uh but john thinks that mike and melanie aren't together so like what's what's the story man yeah well i i mean they are just separated right and just because they're separated does not mean that the other cram parents aren't gonna well want yeah to see their grandkid you yeah. know complicated i think that the, they get away with it because divorce sure. and separation is, is complicated also, and messy. the other thing you have to consider is is it nine o'clock at night because minnesota in winter that could have been 4 p.m for all we fucking know. He specifically says nine. Okay. Okay. Oh. Yeah. No, if it was just dark, I'd be like, oh shit, look, it's six o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, re- it gets real fucking dark real fucking quick in the winter. Well, I mean, that's always like the, the challenge, right? Is you want to stay uh, long enough that you've had a, a good time or whatever, but right. like also, uh, it's going to get dark real fast. So I got my right. got a skedaddle. You don't know how icy you know? roads are. Yeah. Well, and, and you have won't to know. live close, right? Because she's constantly there. Right. They could live in town or just like in the next town over. Right. 
or or even just the next big city right. that's nearby. Wabasha is a real town, know. isn't it? Where the so fuck that is Wabasha? Wabasha. Wabasha. That's another one that I love that the way Matt that says it. It's just Wabasha. <laughs> Honestly, it's really too bad that uh, he did not live for the time of of um, as like audiobooks and voiceover oh, rising God. in popularity because oh, I would listen to anything yeah. he read to me. Wabasha is anything. about halfway between Minneapolis, St. Paul region and Lacrosse, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and then also Makes halfway sense. between Rochester and uh, Eclair, Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's actually very close to the Wisconsin. Yeah. Grumpy Old Men saw this like advent of filmmakers coming to Minnesota like nonstop mm-hmm. for a while. Like you had obviously this movie, you had the Mighty Ducks. Mm-hmm. Those two are probably the most popular, but then we also have the Coen Brothers. Who right. made a t- fuck ton of movies here? Um, I think even some of Fargo was. It was probably filmed in Minnesota and not 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 in uh, Fargo, not yeah, in Fargo not in North right? Dakota. Yeah, and so I think the reason that we had that was uh, we had these uh, tax credits for filmmakers to come yep. to Minnesota, and they released those, and so now nobody's gonna come here anymore right yeah so yeah i just think that's a damn shame because i think minnesota is a great film area like in terms of like landscape it's is, gorgeous it's country gun- gorgeous well and depending on where right? you're filming you can get a variety of landscape oh right. absolutely beautiful lakes uh yeah. lakes lots of trees in the in the more valley river region and then if you go to the west it's farmland well, there's yeah. a lot of local talent there too, yeah. and so that's the other reason I think they were able to pull it off is because they were there is even like if you watch some of the credits and you pay mild attention to them, there is like Minnesota team for right. for half mm-hmm. the things because they're like, yeah, we were able to find local talent. Well, Drop to do Dead a lot Gorgeous of this work. is another great example. Yes, and Amy Adams, that one, that Amy, yeah, but also um, Christy Alley, who was awful, but. Um, uh, what is her fucking name? Kristen oh, Dunst. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like that was actually that that was um you know and Brittany Murphy. Facts. Um I know a lot of weird shit and that's I true. think that's you know a lot the, of the you know a lot of Minnesota list. facts for somebody who lives in South Dakota. But for somebody who went to grad school in Minnesota. I did go oh, to grad school enough. in Minnesota and my hometown is just a hop, skip and a jump over the border. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of weird shit. I also know a lot of weird shit about dances with wolves. So the other thing about this movie that I think is really successful and is something that we've bitched about quite a bit on, on other movies and, and books is this romanticizes a small town without telling That's you That's actually lies. true. Yeah, it, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it does not feed you some bullshit about how like everybody's chummy and everybody knows Mm-mm. everybody. Therefore everybody's like in each other's business. Cause they, they are, but not in the sense that they're like, in each other's lives there are people you wave at at the drugstore and then you're like that bitch i heard this absolutely shit. <laughs> right? they don't sugarcoat any of it either because no. like when the they get into the fist fight on the ice like all of these people who've known them pretty much their entire lives are literally standing in a circle watching them do it yeah because it's free entertainment yep. and you're not gonna well, get also anything that Ariel good for a long time. where mm-hmm. like she shows up and she is big news everybody knows about her right mm-hmm. and it's always oh do you know who just moved into the whatever whatever house yeah i can vividly hear in my head examples of friends and family being like oh yeah you know the greenhouse over on second street right yeah so and so moved into or you'll there. Name that house based on who lived in it last like, or who lives oh, next door right yes yeah. yeah you know the one over by by right. smith's yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, my mom literally did that to me today. <laughs> Goddamn. Um, it wasn't uh-huh. about a whole house that somebody moved into, but she was talking about an area and she's like, you know, over by so-and-so. And I'm like, I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Or like the, the gal who lived in the house next to us, even though I think I was in high school-ish when she moved out. We still call it her house to this day. Yeah, we do that. We do that with our, one of our neighbors too, or we'll constantly. I'm not going to say the name, but mm-hmm. you know that's so and so's house. Mm-hmm. Even though they they haven't right. lived there in yeah, like absolutely. ten years, that's or how it shit. always is. Yeah, there is a very specific record keeping that's done almost entirely verbally amongst community members who have been there forever oh they can they can tell you whose kid is whose who married who Uh who who moved away from town and came back who is related to this person five cousins down right like they know everything when they start talking about i think people who passed away Mm -hmm. they're like oh this person passed away like this and this person this and this and that and that's very small town of like you know everybody you might not be like kept up with everybody's everything but if i mention like a name you'll be like oh yeah yeah yeah, i know that person my grandmother does that to me and she'll be like you know this person this person i have never lived in that small town grandma i legit don't know who you're talking about oh yeah you know them i don't Mm -hmm. i don't well i love too that that conversation is happening with i the the pharmacist right right and it's like it's very clear that they're not like actually friends with the pharmacist but like that's just the way that small towns are anybody who's willing to listen is how it goes like we'll just we'll just shoot the shit about whoever as long as you're not that person and you're not related to that person and maybe even if you are important distinction yeah it depends on how well you like cousin right like sometimes (laughs) sometimes it's okay yeah you gotta be careful who you shit talk to in a small town. Oh right, you will start a drama you know, that will last remember, half decades. These people are related, right? Like, there's a lot of people who decided they were going to move either back home or move to the Midwest because it was cheaper during COVID, and they were working from home, right? Like, they could have New York salary Midwest living, right? Right. And I don't think they were prepared because some of the <laughs> stories that I've heard, they're like they were the aerial of that town, and not necessarily in a good way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well. That seems like a good wrapper up point, huh? It does, yeah. So that means we got to go right into our ratings. So our first rating is typically spice. Um, and while there is no spice in this, there's a lot of raunchiness. So there is a lot. Of I don't know how we want to rate this. I think it's allowed to have. I'll give. Oh, I'll give it a I'll two. A two. I was gonna say a one. I was gonna give it a one. Point five. For raunchy. Maybe. Just because it's raunchy, like there's a lot of stuff. That I don't know that he could have gotten away with saying now. Oh, you could he, have gotten away with it, especially like it, you just—it's all about who's delivering it right. and where, how can, they're delivering. As an older it. old man, you can get away with a lot more in in that category. There's just oh. a lot of those jokes. I was like, oh my, yeah, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll say one point. I I I'm like at a one, and you're like I'm going with one point five. Okay, yeah. some of them I was like, oh, hello, and we and we did have the <laughs> well, there is there is there is actually a a naked scene. You don't see anything, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. they don't shy away from being like these are old bodies, and right? That doesn't mean that they're bad bodies. Yeah. Um, yeah. what about the romance? I thought it was cute. I I mean I always rooted for them every yeah. time i've watched the movie I was also I, i'm gonna give it a solid 3.5 i'm gonna give it a three i do really enjoy that snow angel scene in particular mm-hmm. yeah it's cute and i love that they actually connect like you said on, yeah. on an intelligence and emotional level that it's not mm-hmm. just like 
So what's your overall rating? I give it a three. I mean, this is this is a Wiggles Family classic. It's also a five so for me. As previously stated, this is literally one of my top three movies. And I, I like... I don't rank a lot of movies because I don't see a lot of them, but I know what my top three are, and this is one of them. I love it. I love it so much. All right. So that leads us into our recommendations. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh, the recommendations. Mine is solely for the like nostalgia factor and the humor, and it's great outdoors. Classic. And also a classic. And it has a lot of the same humor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it also has that fight not necessarily a true fight situation, right? right? Between, uh, I can't remember their names. Uh, I know that Dan Aykroyd's name is Roman, but I can't think of what John Candy's name is. I I just remember John Candy going, Roman. (laughs) 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 Yeah, no, that's a good one. Good one. Very 90s. Oh, me, 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 me. So, I mean... The obvious choice is, of course, grumpier old men. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but that's a given. My other choice is going to be uh, Father of the Bride. Part one and two, enjoy. I mean, the best way to watch them is one right after another, if we're being completely honest. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Another wonderful, like, amazing duo in that you've got uh, Martin Short and Steve Martin. Yes. Comedic power couple right there. And very 90s movie. I am going to fail. And the reason is, is I, because this movie is one of my absolute favorites to try to recommend something, like every time I'm like thinking of it, it it, like falls short. So I know that's a cop out, but. No, but I get it. Sometimes if it's like, I would have a hard time suggesting something uh, against one of my favorite movies. Yeah. So I do actually have a recommendation uh, because I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Uh, it came up on my search and I was like, oh shit, yeah, that movie. And it's Something's Gotta Give. From, oh, okay. It's a 2000s movie, so it doesn't have the 90s vibes in it. But it's definitely got the like the bickering and, and the cuteness. It's just all between two people instead of like a buddy comedy thing. But it Another is. Diane Keaton movie. I do love me some Diane Keaton. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with that. I love it. Okay. It's a great ending. Good choice. Thank you. All right. Well, I think that concludes our episode. Want to hit us with the big facts? Okay. I was like, are you going to do it? I am not. All right, folks. If you liked this episode, you can find us out on the socials at Wrong Dust Jackets on TikTok and Instagram. Mostly that's where we're hanging out the most. Or you can just find us out on our website at wrongdustjackets.com. Please like, rate, review. Send us your comments. Send us your feedback. Let us know what you would like us to read and watch. That's all we got then. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye now. Bye.